Hello, people of the internet. Welcome to Project Freelance. My name is Kay Nagonio, and I am your host on this podcast. If you are new to the podcast, welcome to Project Freelance. If you are a veteran listener, hey, what's up? How you doing? Hope you're doing well. How's your wife? How's your kids? Um, so this week on... <laughs> sorry, I don't know what just happened there. I just had a little moment. But hello, welcome to Project Freelance. So this week on the podcast, I am joined by my friend Johnny Emmerich. I met this guy on Warp Tour. He was a stage manager out on Warp Tour and he had this really cool truck that said Emmerich's Ironworks on the side of it. And I was like, yo, what's this all about? He had a matching t-shirt on. He told me that he was a welder and he made Ironworks things. So I started following him on Instagram and for years now I have watched this guy build some of the coolest custom pieces for musicians, different artists, different houses. He's built some microphones for uh, Manson. You know, he's just done all kinds of really cool abstract abstract stuff. He built a battle bus uh, for fans of Fortnite. He built a battle bus. Yeah, it was, it's epic. It's pretty epic. So that's what we're going to be talking about this week on Project Freelance. We're talking about Ironworks. How cool is that? I'm super excited. I have wanted to talk to Johnny for a while. We've just had conflicting schedules and we've both been super busy trying to hustle. So it's been hard to get him on Project Freelance, but I'm super glad to have him on this week. Before we get started, do me a favor, scroll down, look at the description. There are a bunch of links down there. There are some links down there. Yeah, there are. Look at them. Look at all those links. (laughs) So a lot of the stuff down in the description is affiliate links. I make a little bit of money off of the things that you guys purchase through my links. So if you are looking for things for film or photography, whether it's a camera, a backpack, batteries, uh, anything, a GoPro, All that will be down in the description. Check those out. There's also other links if you are a freelancer and you need to maybe track your mileage. Mile IQ will track your mileage automatically and you can sort it between personal or business. It's absolutely amazing. I use it for my taxes every year and it helps me get a write-off. It's great. So there are plenty of links down there if you guys need help with whether it's freelancing or adulting. There are things for you down there. And lastly, I just wanted to... Thank you for listening to Project Freelance. And if you like this episode, please do me a favor at any time, any time during the episode, give this a rating of five stars and leave us some feedback so that other people that are looking for podcasts to listen to may come across your feedback. Read it and think, hey, I'm going to check this podcast out. Thank you, guys. Let's get into this episode. Johnny, please introduce yourself and what you do to the people. My name is Johnny Emmerich. Uh, I run a welding business called Emmerich's Ironworks. I also work in the music industry doing uh, stage managing, do a lot of the the music festivals. What came first for you, music or welding? First, I was doing welding. Like my pops had started a metal fabrication business and um, never, never enjoyed it. I just became decent at it, so I kept doing it. And I had a friend who was doing a lot of music production stuff. His name was Woody. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to work Coachella. And I was like, yeah, dude. Like, that sounds fun. And he's like, well, that dude over there is the guy you talk to if you want to get hired. So uh, his name was Brian Bishop. And uh, I went over and talked to him, introduced myself, and told him I was interested in working Coachella. And... I guess he liked me because he uh, he threw me on uh, immediately to the the main stage, which I knew nothing about anything, uh, scared shitless, and um, it was cool. Like had the best time, and that was actually where I met Kenny. 
was uh, at Coach at Coachella. Oh wow! And um, so him and I became friends. We'd always shoot dice and play CeeLo. And I found out he worked Warp Tour, and I'd I'd always wanted to uh, work on Warp Tour. You know, every young person's in the music who's into music is one of their dreams, as you know. That's where I met you. Um, so I bugged Kenny every time I saw him for years to to put me on Warp Tour, and. Uh, so finally, I he called me one day out of the blue and uh, was like, hey, do you want to work Warp Tour? And I was like, yeah. So uh, he put me on uh, helping him. And so I was his backline dude for a few years. And then Kevin brought me on and I started running my own stage from there. So when it comes to stage managing, what are you doing? Like, what is your job? Like, what what are the what is the routine that you go through every day when you're like you get to your stage? How does the what is that process like? Well, it it depends on what it is. Like, if it's something on uh, if you're doing the Warp Tour, every day you have a different local crew, and you're just getting everything set up for the day doing all the the set changes, making sure things go smooth, making sure bands start and end on time. Yeah, just making sure everything everything goes smooth. What was it like doing that first Coachella, like having no idea what you were doing, just being thrown to the sharks like that for your first time? Like a lot of people would probably freeze up and and run away from that, but you seem to embrace it. What was that? How did you, how are you able to do that? I've always, I've always been like a pretty quick learner and I work better under pressure and just kind of, it's one of those things like you fake it till you make it. Like I watched everything that was going on around me, seeing what people are doing, how it was done. And then you go from there and put your own twist on things. How many years did you do Warp Tour for? Six. Six years. So you had like that income coming in every year. What's it like for Warp Tour to be over now? And like now you have to fill your summers with something else, you know? Like what has that transition been like for you or how were you prepared for it? Um, yeah, yeah. It was always like the stage management stuff was always something I did for fun. Uh, I always have the uh, the welding stuff going on and building things so wasn't really uh a loss for me since it was just something I did for fun and enjoy luckily I was able to uh now I do a bunch of music festivals for Danny Wimmer Presents and um great company like love love working with them yeah that's not my first time hearing about them on this uh podcast actually there's a couple people I know that uh speak very highly of them so that's super good to oh, hear. They're, they're great they're great uh danny's a solid dude uh les targonsky's the man that's who uh hired me to the welding stuff you learned to trade did you like go to school for that or did you just learn under your dad i started going to school for a little bit and then i never really, i didn't really enjoy the welding but I, I just kept doing it stopped going to school and then uh I just learned myself by, you know, trial and error, doing things, messing things up, having to do it over. 
Um, but I didn't really start to enjoy it until I started, you know, making art pieces or making furniture out of old rusty things. And then I started to fall in love with it. So, yeah, I think your unique style is definitely like you come up with these amazing designs and concepts out of things that other people would throw in the trash. Talk about that and like upcycling and reusing things. I don't know. I just, I love being able to turn something from nothing and create something that someone else is going to enjoy or make things that I enjoy building and then someone else appreciating it is that just makes me happy like stoked what are some of your favorite projects that you've gotten to work on so far uh let me see um we did the battle bus which was for um this video game called fortnite uh which was a pretty wild pretty wild build so what did you guys do for it? What did you what did you build? I mean, obviously it's the battle bus, but like for people that yeah. don't know what Fortnite okay. is, like what yeah, what did you guys make? So they contacted us. We had to take a thirty five foot school bus. Wait, who who contacted you? Someone from uh, Epic Games. Like Epic Games was putting on this event called. Um, oh man. I forget what the event was, but it was in LA. It was a big gaming event. Um, they were having a big like Fortnite video game contest. I don't even remember the name of it. But we had to take a 35-foot school bus that I bought off Craigslist from a church <laughs> and yeah, transform it into the battle bus. <laughs> which was uh it was definitely a wild build. Like I I'm not even kidding. Like, we um, we did it in about three and a half weeks. And so that, that whole time, I didn't send them any photos at all because they didn't, they didn't ask for them. And, uh, like, a couple days before it was due, they were like, hey, Johnny, um, we're just checking in with you. We're starting to get a little worried. Uh, we haven't seen any photos. Would you mind sending some over? And I was like, oh, shit. Like, what if I send them some photos and they don't like it? They're like, that looks like shit. So I, I sent them over some photos and they, the phone started ringing. And I was like, oh, man. Like, a gut just dropped, like, completely. And uh, they called and they were like, oh, that is fucking amazing. Like, they, they thought I was just going to wrap the bus to look like it. But they're like, you actually built the bus and you were like yeah that's what you asked me to do <laughs> yeah but it was it was still cool to like have someone appreciate your art that much is it mind-blowing what did you guys do to the bus like what did you add to it to make it the, like how did you guys come up with this design what, what were you looking at like what references did you have they emailed me a couple photos of the bus and i pretty much had to make this image that they emailed us into the real life version. So we had to fabricate everything all out of metal, like the metal arms and the top. And it's kind of hard to explain. You need to see it. Yeah. If, if you guys are um, 
watching this on YouTube, I'll put up the video of the little behind the scenes that they did from Instagram so you guys can see this. Um, it's amazing. It's so cool. It looks, it literally looks just like the actual battle bus. And like, it's like you went above and beyond for them. Like talk about that a little bit, like as a freelancer, like going above and beyond for your clients. Um, well, it was pretty much, that's just, that's what we do. Uh, we, we love what we do and we get rad projects that we love and we put our heart into everything whether it's something big like that or something small, everything, everything. You build all kinds of stuff. You don't just build like, you know, uh, railings for stairs. Like what are some of the other bigger projects or more like outlandish, obscure projects or like abstract projects you've worked on? Doing like a big like metal abstract, like 3D wall in in Hollywood. Um, Was just talking uh, with, MGK a few weeks ago about doing a custom mic stand, um, which I know you're uh, you're friends with with Kells as well. I'm also a very big fan, and I'm super proud of that guy. Like he is literally killing it right now. Yeah, that last album was so good. Hotel Diablo. Yes. Oh my god, amazing. I I thought he did a really good job. I did too. He's doing great, man. I'm so proud of that guy built a bunch of stuff for yellow wolf which is really cool um we did like a big like eight foot metal boom box i went in front of the drum riser that was a fun one um bunch of stuff for manson we did like a a custom mic stand out of a real shotgun that w- that was a pretty fun one wow that's crazy people dream it and we we build it we, we bring it to life you built this giant ufo thing or you had this ufo what is this what is this all about this ufo <laughs> oh um that was actually for a magazine um called uh camp out magazine they do like nude pinups and stuff they wanted like a um 1950s ufo type thing so uh we made that for him and made it happen so there's nothing you do you have any like restrictions like we can't do that have you ever said we can't make that not yet (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) that's awesome sure it'll happen one day but i'm kind of only like want to take on jobs now that i really enjoy like now it's like i'm not doing it because i need to i'm doing it because i love it and i want to push the limits what are some of your passion projects that you've worked on stuff for yourself uh, well, right, right now, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, well, for a while, I've been building this uh, metal R2-D2 all out of scrap metal. And I'm not even a Star Wars fan. I just wanted to make one out of metal. The, all last year, we, uh, we, we built a, a truck for the sh- shop, which was a, a 1951 Chevy pickup. So and that's, a, that's my everyday driver. This R2-D2 is super cute. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> He's pretty pretty big, too. Yeah, he looks pretty big. He's so cool, man. I can't believe you're making that. And, like, it's cool that – are you are you going to keep it? Or do you plan to, like, make more for people? Like, what do you want to do with that? No, I only, I'm only going to make one. And after that one's done, that's it. It's off to the, the next thing. So I, I, don't, I don't like to do, like, production pieces. I don't want to make – life's short. I don't want to just make – the same thing over and over and over again. I want to I want to create different things. 
Talk a little bit about this, uh, the river table that you just did that you just posted on Instagram. I saw that and I was super blown away. How did you do that? Like, how did you create that? Because I see stuff like that all the time and I'm like, how the fuck do they do this? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty wild. Uh, that, I was inspired by this dude, uh, Greg Klassen, who was like the origin, original dude who started making the river tables. Um, I've just always been fascinated by how they look. And I thought it was really clever how they took this uh, uh, this live edge wood. And um, so the one I bought, it was super expensive. And um, it had beautiful live edge on both sides. And then we, uh, we split it in the middle. And then we turned both of the live edges so they're facing each other. And then you, um, you router out the edges so you could inlay glass in there. And it kind of gives it a, a river effect. Yeah, it was so, so rad. Oh, and I have a lot of money invested into that table. And I just made it because I wanted to make it. So hopefully someone buys it. Wow. So that was basically just a concept like, well, I hope somebody wants this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, just like just creating some some art. To me, it's it's art. It's amazing. It's absolutely beautiful. And I, I love that style of you know like I've never it's so unique you know and I I'm sure every piece has its its own like if you were to recreate this it would never look like that again it would look like something completely different yeah no there's no two that will ever be the same they're definitely one of a kind this thing is this thing is absolutely incredible if you guys don't follow him on Instagram you should definitely be doing that um how long did it take you to make it is been a while like I'd say it was like a two-year process just because like I would do a little bit at a time and then I would put it to the side and do a little bit here and save up a little bit money to do like the next step because we we don't do I had to send the glass out to get cut like we made a template I had to send it out so I had to save up money because uh, the glass was like $2,200 just to get cut Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wild. I didn't think it was going to be that much, but it's all good. Turned out to be a beautiful piece, so it was worth every penny. So what are your, how do you go about pricing these pieces? Because you're not doing production, like production style uh, creations, you're doing custom pieces for people. So how do you go about uh, figuring out how much you want for each piece? I mean, talk about that. What I try to do is... um, figure out how much time it's going to take me and then how much I'm going to enjoy it has uh depends on the price as well like like ones I'm I'm really into and like I want to do that I price I price a little better they're all different I like that you go based off of passion as well I think that's super important um yeah like like the uh the boombox for wolf um I hit him up like that. That was my idea for that. And uh, I wanted to build it. And he's like, okay. He's like, how much for it? I was like, dude, just, it's yours. Take it. Like, didn't even care. Wasn't worried. To me, it was like building something and seeing my art all over the place. Yeah. And the exposure from it is massive. Yeah. And we've already, like, we've already built a bunch of stuff for him before. Um, like we built, uh, a truck for his, um, his music video, uh, box Chevy five. 
some custom mic stands. We did another custom DJ riser forum out of, uh, we took a, the front half of a 65 Chevy C10 and then made it into like a mobile DJ riser that they could take on tour with them. So who are some of your influences when it comes to other people that are, you know, uh, doing ironwork kind of stuff or welding? Influences. Or people or people oh, you get man. inspiration from. Like you said, the guy that, you know, did the table. Like who else? Okay. Um, yeah, that, that dude. I, I'm really inspired by artists. I'd say like architecture. Love architecture. Um, like Frank Lloyd Wright. Super inspired by his, his stuff. I'm super inspired by like the 1950s. Like my whole place is all original like 1950s stuff. Like beautiful Haywood Wakefield furniture. Like even the art is original. Like we collect uh, this artist um, called Carlo of Hollywood, uh, who is also a, a set designer on the I Love Lucy show. Wow, which is pretty cool. Um, have about 30 of his paintings which yeah i get a <laughs> I, I have an addictive personality hey, at least it's with something healthy like collecting art i think that's perfectly healthy <laughs> yeah yeah oh there's a there's this dude um named madero he's in a, he's out of uh, mexico but he creates like these beautiful sculptures that are amazing have you have you seen those sculptures that are out in the middle of, the, of joshua tree is it the um like the the Anzo Borrego? Like it has like yeah. a huge dragon yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah, those are so wild. I've never been out there to see them, but I want to go photograph them at night and get the stars and like the Milky Way behind them. I think it would be so sick. You sh- like have you ever thought about doing um art installations or anything like that? Uh yes. I would like to uh do some, but just on my own, like install all random art in different places like banksy style just like pop up a sculpture (laughs) yeah yeah or like you know just installing some random metal anvils around or something (laughs) just as you're like tag you just tag you just leave anvils everywhere yeah yeah i love it i think it's a great idea how long did it take for welding to uh go from being you know like you said earlier a job where you had to do it to something that you, you know, can take your time on and you're more passionate about. When did the the money start getting to a, like how long did it take for you to become, you know, successful? It was like I did it for about 9 years until I really started to enjoy it and love it. Once I started to love it is when I started to put it out there more, like making the shirts and yeah, well, people just started to notice, which was which was cool, and uh, got you know so much support. Like, you know, friends' bands wanted to wear the shirts. I thought it was real cool. Yeah, they were huge on Warp Tour, man. I remember when you were giving them out, and everybody was wearing them. I loved, like, I loved that it was. I loved seeing your brand out there like that, and I think it's great that you you know you did stuff like that. Um, how important has social media been for you? Huge. Dude, I like I, I get a lot of a lot of business from it, and to be able to put it out there so people can see it, um, you know, people buying shirts. We've shipped shirts all over the world. Um, we've had people come visit that are out here visiting from other countries that hit me up and like want to come see the shop and see the things that we build. 
and that's always like super humbling to have people want to come by and just from seeing us on Instagram and see the things that we're building, come say hi. It's it's wild. It still still blows my mind. So where do you guys display your stuff other than, you know, obviously Instagram? Like where do you do you have like a, a shop that you put everything at? Like is there like a place that you put your stuff up at? How does that work? Um no, every, everything is pretty much like custom made for each job. Unless it's something that I'm making that I want to make for fun. Uh, I usually put out a place called Urban Americana in Long Beach. Uh, it's a 16,000 square foot warehouse uh, with like a bunch of different antique dealers. And that's something the wife and I do. Uh, we buy and sell antiques uh, for fun. Um, and we sell, we also sell at the, uh, the Long Beach Antique Flea Market. Uh, pretty much that's just something we do for fun make some extra money we get to hang out and and have a good time how did you get into antiquing that's such a like you know i do it when i'm on tour like if we're in some random city i'm like let's go look at the antique shop but i mean like i've never thought about buying and selling antiques like that's such a niche thing to do how did you guys get into that uh my whole life i'd always gone like with my grams, like, you know, she would take me with her, like, antique stores. And I think for me, it was a the part of, um, I always love, like, buying something for super cheap and then selling it for more. I, I've always, always loved that. It's just a part of the hustle. And, like, you get those people that brag about, like, they're like, oh, yeah, like, I, you know, this was, like, a thousand dollars for this watch or like whatever they're bragging about how much they spent on this i'm like man well we bought this for five dollars and <laughs> sold it for you know 500 or whatever but we, we bought a couch for 70 dollars and sold it for 1750 wow. like to me that shit's cool like that's crazy how did you guys find out about urban americana like what where did you find them well we we live in long beach so, um, and this was a spot we always just went to cause we'd always furnish our place with, with new, uh, antiques. Like our place is always changing. Like we're always bringing new stuff in, getting rid of old stuff. So it's, it's never the same. And, um, so what was started was us just getting rid of old stuff and, um, that was when we started doing the, the Long Beach Antique Flea Market. But with Urban, oh, sorry. With Urban, we uh, we always went there just to shop. And we loved the store. And um, the owner, Chris, was super good dude. We talked to him about getting a booth. And um, he put us in, which was cool because there was, you know, there's a waiting list. How often are you guys doing that? Like, is that like a weekly thing or a monthly thing? At Urban? Yeah. Uh, urban is like our booth is there all the oh, time. Oh, it's there all the time. Okay. Yes. But the, uh, the Long Beach antique flea market is every third Sunday in Long Beach. Have you ever dealt with being screwed over on any of these projects that you've worked on not, or not been paid or like, you know, like anything like that? You know, there's, there's, there's been a couple, but you know, they'd, 
karma. You know what I mean? It's it's gonna come around and and get them. Like that's why now I've I've gotten to the point where I I make sure that I collect deposits. Um to at least cover all the material and everything. So at least I'm not paying out of my pocket in case something like that happens. How, like, how did you build that process of like, you know, doing deposit? Like, how did you learn the business side of everything? Was that from your dad? Uh, pretty much trial and error. Like, of course I've learned things from him, but you know, we both do things different, different ways. And what, what's funny is when I was younger, I'd always tell myself, like, yeah, man, I'm not going to be like my dad. Like, he just works. All all he does is work. Um, you know, he doesn't enjoy things. Like, that's all I do is work. Like, but I, I love it. I know, I understand now, like, he loves it as well. Um, yeah, I, I love to work. That's why I always I always stay busy doing something. What real jobs did you have to help supplement your income while you were building your own business? Quote, unquote, real jobs. <laughs> that was it. Like, I pretty much just started doing that and then um, doing doing the show stuff. I have had real jobs, but, you know, in, in high school and then after high school. Let me see. I worked at Stater Brothers in high school, which was like a, a grocery store. Have you done any internships? Like, have you had interns come in or have you done any like education stuff like teaching or like helping somebody else take on the trade? We have, we have brought some people in. Like there was, uh, there was someone that I, I had met on, on Warp Tour who was like with one of the bands and he, um, you know, kept hitting me up and he was like, Hey man, I really want to come work with you guys. It, he lived in New York and, um, I was like, cool. Well, you know, cruise on out. We'll uh, we'll figure out something. And he sold everything and uh, moved out here. And then I put him to work for. Uh, you know, he was helping us out for a little while. That's cool that you like helped him like get out here and like you know helped him get started and get his footing in uh, in California. That's so rad. What is something? What is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started? Hmm. Just to follow my like like gut instinct about things and to be like, I have this I have such like a big heart and I give people way too many chances. Um, which is, is funny because my, my wife's not like that. She's like, you fuck me over once that like, that's it later. But me, like I always just try and see the bet, the best in people, but I definitely give people way too many chances. And do you have any advice for up-and-coming welders that are out there uh, that may need advice on how to start their own business? Keep your head down and keep doing it. Don't don't worry about all the bullshit and like what people say. You know, I've always loved that that quote. Uh, I forget what movie it's from, but um, that's if you build it, they will come, which I think is a great quote. I have it on a huge like. A uh, piece of metal painted inside my shop. Like I see it every morning when I come in, and it you know it inspires me. And it's so true. I mean, like it's that's the the same with any type of business, any type of skill or art or whatever you're trying to do. Like if you build it, people will come. People will find you for sure. 
I, I've just been fortunate to like to build cool things and have raw rad projects like you know get to build things for people who grew up listening to or you know people who watch on tv um and i feel like that all of that stuff has happened because of me working in the music industry and doing coachella and warp tour and you know the dwp festivals it, and it's cool being able to put the two together bringing the the ironworks into the the music scene. Yeah, I think it's amazing what you're doing. Um where can people find you if they want to see your work or if they want to potentially hire you? Uh you can you know find us on Instagram, uh Emrex Ironworks or um send me an email at gmail.com. Thank you, Johnny, for coming on this podcast. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. It means a lot to me. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, please do me a favor and leave a rating of five stars to let the people of the world know that this podcast is worth listening to. And if you want to take an extra second to leave some feedback, that would be even better because other people that are looking for podcasts to listen to will read your feedback and give this podcast a chance. Thank you, guys. And if you guys want to keep up with everything that I'm working on, the best way to do so is by either following me on Instagram at Project Freelance. You can follow the podcast there. It is actually Project Freelance. There's no A at the end, you know, because character limits on Twitter. I wanted everything to match up. So it's Project Freelance. But yeah, look down in the description, follow there. You will be uh, notified about upcoming episodes when new episodes drop. And if you would like to subscribe to this podcast, you will be sent a push notification whenever I upload a new episode, which is every Monday. It used to be 7 a.m., but I'm going to switch up the time. So they're now going to come out at 11 a.m. I just kind of want to see how the analytics change whenever I switch up the upload time. So they're now going to be posted at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, just in time for your lunch hour. So you can listen to the podcast while you're at lunch. Cool. Awesome. Talk to you guys next week. My name is Kate Nagonio. This is Project Freelance. Stay strong. Keep enduring. Go out and go create something.